<clears throat> uh, any more questions? Community? Sorry, what was that? I missed that. No, no human remains. Um, some of the more interesting things we found. So we did find a very large dog um, wrapped up in a mattress. Um, we found some clothing, um, a few IDs, uh, yeah, some, a little bit of cash, like I'm talking $15. Um, but no, we, we really didn't find anything exciting, did we? It was just a lot of waste. Welcome to a, a special crossover episode of Sludge Fest and the Bunta Vista podcast. I'm here with ex-wife of both shows, uh, Lucy uh, Valentine, writer extraordinaire. I was I was, yeah. I was, I was tripping up because it would be I'm ex-husband of your show, but you're mm. ex-wife of my show, so I couldn't. But I'm not the ex-wife of, of my own show. Yes, that that's would exactly be strange. Yeah. Yeah, unless something's happened that I'm aware, unaware of, which we probably should have talked about. Online. Yeah. But uh, how are you doing today, Lucy? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. It's very early. Is and it? By very early, it it's uh, 9.58 a.m. Okay, that's pretty bad. I mean, I, I actually do wake up at 6.30 now, but... Do uh, you? It, I do. It's not that Why? much different than 9.30, honestly, once you get used to it. Uh, but it does suck so. ass and it's really cold. Yeah, it must uh, be really cold there. You fucking, you're crazy for that one. No, it's kind of it's kind of dope to see the sunrise. I find, hmm. um, and I get I kind of get more done when I when I wake up early, take a shower. You could you know. get up early and sun your yoni. Is that? Uh, are you talking about the guys who sun their buttholes? Yeah. Is yeah. It, what did you call it? A yoni? Or is that is that like your vagina? I. I Either way, the know. thing where they bend over and they sun their assholes. My gooch. We both yeah. have gooch. Everyone has gooch. You mean sun? You that. could okay. you could be sunning your gooch in the uh, morning sun. It's That's what I'm saying. Quite gloomy here. I'm not sure if the enough UV gets through these clouds. Mm, maybe not. You're gonna get yourself yeah. a sad lamp. What? What the fuck? What do you got over there? Everyone's got sun. Everyone's putting sun on stuff. Is sad it a lamp. sun lamp? A sad lamp? Seasonal affective disorder lamp. Oh. Makes, gives you vitamin D or something. They shouldn't oh, call should, it a sad lamp. Do. They should call it a happy lamp. <laughs> that sounds about right. Uh, I imagine these side episodes as uh, a little bit less depressing than my normal episodes, a little less structured, um, but still talking about horrible shit. Um, and having maybe a guest on to talk about uh, something environmentally destructive that may have happened near where you're from or where you've been or places you're familiar with. So uh, okay. we're going to talk about a story here that I'm not sure you've actually lived very close to this a location we're going to talk about but it it's reasonably close uh, and it is maybe when i read this i, I said to myself I, we have to talk about this. this is the craziest shit i've ever read um but i've got some opening icebreaker questions are you ready lucy icebreaker okay all right if have you ever worn gum boots i, I have worn gum boots could you describe for the american listeners maybe what a gum boot is i feel like i messaged you about this a while ago because i was like well mm -hmm. what are they called gum boots what does an American call a gum boot? Like I think it's these a... are rain boots, no? Do you just call them rain boots? 
I guess but these are like I think gumboots maybe implies the heavy duty like wellies. Like a I know people boot call them wellies. Paddington Bear would wear while <laughs> gleefully jumping in a puddle. Oh man. That's I'm thinking of Paddington being involved with the situation we're about to talk about and it's it's like a horrible image. Oh, uh, I'm I think so you'll sorry. I think you'll get what I mean in a, in a bit. Um so yeah, you've worn gumboots before? I have worn gumboots before. Have you ever worked so hard in them that um, upon taking them off and tipping them over, a liter of sweat poured out of the gumboots? <laughs> no. no, That's I never happened to you? Okay. No, I've never worked that hard in my life. I'm a okay. podcaster. Keeping note of that um, for later. Uh, if money were no object, which of these three would you spend it on? Number one, American muscle cars. Number two, horror film memorabilia. Number three, guns. I'm just thinking about a kind of guy that owns all three of those things. Yeah? Is that what you're thinking? Super cool. Super cool. Um, That's interesting. Probably American muscle cars, actually. Really? Over horror film memorabilia? Not much of a memorabilia guy. You know, yeah, what are you going to oh, do with the, with the Freddy jumper? Yeah, Unless like you're, you're trying the authentic, like, alien suit from Alien. Is that what that... Yeah, you just, like, you've got it in your like... house and people come over and they're like, oh pretty cool <laughs> oh it's the thing from the thing yeah awesome <laughs> cool <laughs> yeah you're are you you're more of a funko pop gal so I'm, yeah definitely right? more of a funko okay, pop cool. but uh, i could use i could drive the muscle car and so guns not doing it for you right off the gate yeah guns not doing it for me yeah i mean i'm with you as well but, but keep those answers in mind as we continue okay uh, today we're going to talk about a disaster that maybe happened kind of close to where you i know You've lived in this Australian state of Victoria during your life. Uh, do you just off the top of your head have any experiences with pollution, environmental disaster growing up near you? Maybe did you grow up near a landfill or uh, see a bunch of poop sometime or something uh, like that? Ever? Not really. The town where I grew up had a desalination plant. Oh, that's interesting. That's the, uh, that's the closest thing I've got. So taking water from the ocean to uh, desalinate for drinking? I think so. Interesting. I know I that's really thought a, about it. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> I mean, that's not exactly the coolest place to hang out as a teen is the desalination plant. Yeah, no, we didn't hang out there, but uh, no, no other pollution style uh, plants that I can think of. Right on. Uh, yeah, me and my friends were more into the salination plant. That was where a ship was popping off. Yeah, you're fucking salinating yeah. that water. Yes, Get that shit salty. <laughs> That's how we liked it. Um, have you ever been to Caniva, which is, I'm to understand, a town in, apologies if this is wrong, but in Victoria, Australia? How are you spelling that? Caniva. Caniva. K-A-N-I-N-I-V-A. Caniva. Oh, this looks like a small town. Um, oh, okay. So it's north of the Little Desert National Park. Gotcha. I have okay. been to the Little Desert. I think it's near the border of South Australia. Would you describe this as the outback or the bush? It's it's pretty bush. Like, that's okay. a very remote, remote hmm. town. It's making some sense. Um, mm. Excellent. So keep that in mind. Uh, the story we're going to talk about today, I'm mainly drawing on these two wonderful articles. Um, there's a, an article by Chris Videligo and Sumeya Ilanbe and Cameron Houston in The Age, which is phenomenal. And mm. especially, uh, they did a also... A, with the visual team, the Sydney Morning Herald, there's a visual story about this that has some absolutely crucial photographs. So I'm going to, for the listener, I'm going to put that in the show notes because it's really important that you look at these things. Um, and at occasional times, I'm going to tell you, Lucy, to look at some photos here. Mm -hmm. um, but let's begin.
2012. A man named Graham Leslie White purchases a patch of Outback Scrub west of Caniva in Victoria, Australia. Uh, Lucy, are you able to see in your visual aids a picture of a man's face? I am viewing Graham White right That's now. Him. <laughs> uh, I don't mean to be offensive here, but would you agree that he is maybe the most Australian-looking man he, ever? Like, he might be. Like, just picture an Aussie man, and that is Graham White. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what about it. It's, he's got a very large forehead. He's got wraparound sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, White hair, of... balding. Mm-hmm. Just your classic, really classic Australian man. A sphere-looking man, for sure. Mm. Uh, so in 2012, he purchases a patch of land, which is about 567 hectares. Uh, and I had looked it up. A hectare is about 1.4 soccer fields or football fields for you. Uh, okay. So this total area is somewhere like 800 soccer fields of space in the okay. outback. Uh, he starts big, building these big-ass industrial roads that can support heavy machinery and vehicles. Uh, and at some point, a council officer stops by just to, like, check it out and see what's up. I guess this is something they do if you have land. They, like, just come by to see what you're doing to it. Yeah, right. uh, and Graham White says, uh, basically, it's a quad bike course for my children. That's, um, a, that's a great excuse. Can't argue yeah, with that. I guess. I don't know. what. I guess a quad bike course would be, like, a bunch of dirt ramps and stuff. A bunch of dirt roads. Um, yeah, sure. Yeah. And the council officer apparently is, like, okay sweet and leaves um lucy it turns out he was not actually using the land as a quad bike course for his wow. children uh the true purpose of this site will not be revealed for another five years at some points throughout this time uh people that live there near Kanawha, uh, they, they begin to notice a strong chemical stench emitting from the area um moreover white owns more than one property he also has some warehouses uh, which you may remember <clears throat> excuse mm-hmm. me in 2018 uh, Melbourne uh, warehouses began to um, burst into flames. Uh, mm, uh-huh. A few of these warehouses were owned by White um, and the EPA. That's the Environmental Protection Authority. Um, ours is the EPA Protection Administration, but both yeah. sim- similar organizations. Yeah, um, they begin looking into this, including our quad, quote unquote quad bike site. So on your on your visual aids, uh, Lucy, if you scroll down, you'll see something called warehouse fire. I can say that that looks like yeah. a big big fire took out that warehouse yes that was one such warehouse do you remember this happening in melbourne loosely you were in america i think i must have been in america so i might not have come across it that much so he's obviously some kind of wealthy businessman huh that's interesting you say that um i think you could put it that way Mm. yeah let's yeah let's call wealthy for sure um quoting from the age article this warehouse fire quote took 750 firefighters more than two weeks to extinguish it oh spread a plume of toxic smoke across western suburbs, forced the closure of schools and businesses, and caused widespread damage to nearby waterways. Uh, unfortunately, dozens of firefighters have reported serious illnesses after being exposed to the contamination, and an unknown number of residents may have been affected. So that's not good, just off the bat. No, uh, not at all. So the EPA uh, starts looking into this guy's properties. So they head out to this Caniva quad bike site. Lucy... What they found is something that they would, uh, for the next several years, codename Lemon Springs. Um, Lemon Springs. Yeah, does that ring a bell to you? No, it sounds delightful, though. So instead of, uh, yeah, doesn't it? Um, It's not actually very, very good. Uh, Probably smells much worse than lemons because this whole time, uh, Graham White was not building quad bike course. He was actually uh, dumping and burying uh, a lot of toxic waste. Um, 
And when I say a lot of toxic waste, I mean both in quantity and in types of toxic waste, uh, like quoting from the article. multiple various toxic wastes. Yeah. Quote, okay. covered by a thin layer of topsoil were the pits that White had dug and that that he was filling with toxic waste, millions of liters of chemicals and tons of asbestos-contaminated products brought oh. by the truckload. Just burying it in a shallow Just hole. Just burying it in a shallow hole. So if you see under that warehouse uh, fire picture, there's mm. uh, this thing that says, give this Sydney Herald article a scroll. Yep. Why don't you just click on that and just start scrolling for the pictures? Okay. Uh, because what it what it is is like this visual study uh, that I'll link, of course, in the notes of all of the different sites, or at least the most severe sites that they found on this guy's oh property. Oh my god! And the pictures are fucking crazy. Like looks looks nasty. Looks caustic. Like yeah, it's very large and looks nasty. Just keep scrolling, I promise it keeps going. And there it just is like Oh, needles, blood samples, tissue specimens, debris yeah. from burning chemical drums. Yeah. Explosive airbag detonators were found inside steel drums. Yeah, I'm the confused soil... about that one. Yeah. The soil beneath the pits was stained blue from leaking chemicals. Ugh. Jesus. Uh, quote, site 23, it's one of 32 sites on this right, big site. there are 32 sites. Uh, some of them are as big as a football, your, or, sorry, our soccer, your football fields. Uh, site 23 is one of the worst ones. It disgorged uh, more than 51, oh, wait, sorry. Site 23 had 15,000 acetylene gas cylinders, which had been tipped higgledy-piggledy, not my words, into the pits, despite potentially containing highly flammable gas uh, I stumbled on that because they, there's this, at first I was like, holy shit, 15,000 acetylene gas cylinders. That's just in site 23. The entire property has 51,000 acetylene gas cylinders total. Oh. And these are like are those oxygen tank size things that you would like, uh, you know, they're used for welding fuel a lot. Right. Um, and acetylene is highly flammable, pretty unstable. Uh, also the... The actual cylinders themselves, uh, to help contain the uh, volatile chemical, they're lined with asbestos, which is <laughs> not what you... It's, I mean, it's not funny, but it's just at some point you have to just... It's Jesus Christ. Uh, and also, a lot of times to stabilize the acetylene in there, they top up the chemicals uh, with acetone, which is nail polish remover. I need uh, that one. All of these... <laughs> nice <laughs> all of these things are very toxic they're very bad for you uh some of them can just explode if they like fall over in a certain way uh, no, which i'm, is I'm no chemist troubling. i'm no scientist you know, but it feels bad to mix different toxic chemicals to like together in the same place great instincts yes that is absolutely <laughs> correct i am also not a chemist but i did plenty of uh chem lab in in college and yeah you really don't want to be like mixing stuff uh, if you don't know what it is Mm. Uh, even if you do think you know what it is, you want to be careful, you know. Uh, some of the just the, the hits of what they found in here is medical waste, as you said, syringes, blood packs, tissue samples. Um, our friend from episode two of Sludgefest, Forever Chemicals, they found plenty of PFAS uh, in there. Pesticides, fumatoxin, I'm actually not even sure what that is. Uh, a bunch of car airbag detonators. Um, they found a drum uh, containing an acetylene cylinder, which was cut in half and filled with, quote, an asbestos slurry. Um, What's with the asbestos? Like, do you I know? Don't know. I don't that know. They, so, asbestos is like a tremendous insulator. 
I think yeah. is the idea. And that's why I was in so much, uh, you know, walls and, and walls these tanks and, and stuff. stuff. Why yeah. they actually specifically filled this with an asbestos slurry suggested to me that like, they just had as a best to slur like that was they're just fucking improvising basically yeah it's, it like, doesn't seem like well planned always. no no um in fact the word higgledy piggledy is used several times in here um <laughs> i don't i don't know what that means interesting. it sounds interesting terrifying. choice of words sure uh yeah yeah uh, they're perhaps scariest of all there's a lot of barrels of just unlabeled stuff um you just don't know what it is uh, it's probably a mixture of a bunch of stuff which makes it even harder to figure out um, and I was watching this, there's a, like a community outreach, uh, town meeting basically that the EPA hosts and it's all on YouTube. Actually, I'll link that. Um, it's actually really interesting to watch because this, the guy who's heading this EPA cleanup, his name's Julian Bull. Uh, seems like, he, you know, nice enough guy. He seems like he's been given a fucking insane situation to deal with. Uh, mm-hmm. but him and, and the guy, uh, a guy from one of the companies they contracted to help clean this up are explaining that a lot of times they can't even test what is in these chemicals if they're not labeled because a lot of it is like so pure that it just uh, nobody wants to test it none of these chemical companies or diagnostic right. companies want to test it because it just ruins their equipment immediately yeah yeah because uh, it's the guy says because it's neat because it's neat it basically destroys their gear which i thought was an unpleasant way to describe it's like a cocktail you know mm. uh yeah, uh, some of these pits of, uh, have pits of multicolored sludges, barrels that are stuck together with unknown resins as the uh, chemicals kind of combine and transform each other. Um, there are spontaneous reactions during cleanup, as in mm-hmm. guy in a hazmat suit is pulling something from the ground and it starts smoking. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, EPA has been uh, doing this, cleaning this up since about 2018. Um, they didn't know what to do with the 51,000 acetylene cylinders because to ship them is like insane and dangerous. Uh, and a lot of the only places I think that were disposing of them were like, there's like one in Berlin or in some shit. Uh, and so what they did is they had to do is just build their own processing plant there on site. Just right. to be like, fuck it. We, you know, they did this a few times, I think with like water, uh, cleanup, pro- um, like plants they basically just had to build the machines on there like they're in a survival uh, game video game yeah makes sense so far that's it would you like to do this job as cleanup guy i mean i assume this is one of the worst jobs that this guy's had Mm -hmm. he's probably had some other bad ones too right gotta be this one i definitely got the impression from the interviews that like that no one had ever seen anything like this in their lives yeah um it's absolutely bizarre uh here's some highlights from from the uh, accounts of the people actually working on this yep so they basically have to work in these big you've seen a hazmat suit right it's like inflated with the, you know has its own mm. air supply um unfortunately throughout these two or three years they're working on this uh it's been hot a few years and it's also been really rainy enough another few years so uh workers were spending you know all day working in quote 40 degree heat at celsius um, and then they would come out for lunchtime, get hosed down, get completely decontaminated or whatever, and they would tip over their gumboot that they're working in, and uh, a liter of sweat would come out. And literally tip them out. You know, there'd be a liter of sweat in their gumboots, and they're working in there every single day. So, yeah, Ooh. just a liter of sweat in their gumboot. So, you got to stay hydrated. Yeah, apparently they had to like rotate people in and out a lot, and they had heat monitors in everybody's suit, they say. To be like you've you've experienced too many degrees, you have to like take a break. Um, yeah, fair enough. It seems like maybe the biggest pain in the ass of all time. Um, 
They had to bring in, you know, heavy equipment like these excavators with big rubber tips on them. Uh, they found a bulldozer and a forklift, uh, and dump trucks all on site that were painted with camouflage to like disguise them from air surveys, uh, which is pretty fucking crazy. Oh. One of the sites you'll notice in that scroll through site is has like a living compound where people would like live and you know hang out there. It was above one of the fucking pits, the chemical oh my pits. God. I'm assuming Graham didn't do all this himself. I okay, so no, there's no way. There's literally yeah. no way. Um, he seems to be the only one so far that's facing charges for this, and he is facing a lot of charges for this. Um, but although, like, I think there's a this, I think this is changing as as we speak because they're like still stacking stuff on him. But right, uh, the figure I saw was like he owes 1.7 million in damages and something like a maximum seven years in prison if he gets convicted on everything. So it's, it's it seems not like that much. I feel like you should probably go to prison for life for this one, unless you got a, like a really good excuse. Like I, really I didn't know where else to put here. it. It's really bad. Um, and so all of these chemicals, you know, as you could expect, they're like dangerous uh, from a acutely toxic. Like if you just walk on site, you could get quite ill. Um, but they could also, you know, they can get in the water supply. They can just travel into the ecosystem. They could. A lot of these are carcinogens, um, asbestos. Right. They found a lot of friable asbestos, which I had to look up. Friable is when it can, like, flake off and get into the air, and that's when it'll give you mesothelioma, so that's bad. Oh, right. Um, yeah, the asbestos is mainly an issue when it gets, like, I think when it, like, gets hit into particles and it, like, you breathe it in, basically, is the main concern. I don't yeah. know if that's the only concern, but... So a lot of this shit is really, really bad. Um, yeah. Fortunately, it did not... appears to have not gotten in the groundwater for the people living near Caniva. Around Caniva, that's good. Yes, at least the EPA says, you know, we've done a bunch of tests pretty deep down, and there seems to be like a layer of clay that has just blocked everything from going below that, thank God. Um, and this oh, also Jesus. appears to be the limit at which White was able to dig to put stuff in. So he hit this clay like he was in a, uh, fuck, what's the digging video game? Like a Deep Rock Galactic or something. Uh, and then, you you know, you kind of hit bedrock, basically. And then he realized he had to... Uh, Just let, leave it there. Fuck it. Uh, yeah, and that, that clay layer is apparently enough to keep this out of the aquifer and oh, stuff. goodness. Like, I guess it, even if Graham doesn't go to prison for long, like, his his brain is melting in, like, two years, right? Like, that he's having sh Chernobyl stuff happening there's to no him. There's no way, dude. There, yeah, exactly. I mean, there's no way this you could live near this stuff. And either that or he's, like, a ghoul from Fallout and he's been, like... He might so be thoroughly like, pickled, he lives like 300 years. Yeah, he's like a golem type figure. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I, wish, I would assume from how he's buried it that he didn't transport this stuff particularly safely or handle it particularly no, safely either. There's no fucking way. Um, you might be asking how this was allowed to happen and how did it happen. Uh, I, I would be wondering. Yeah, you might think that there should be like perhaps safeguards to make sure that this doesn't happen. Uh, mm. You might even say that the EPA is probably in charge of that. I'm not an expert, but I'm uh, pretty sure that that is under their purview. Um, so do you want to know how this was allowed to happen? I would. So uh, Graham White was part, it was at least associated with, I think he owned uh, this company called Bradbury Services, which was a waste disposal company um, right. that... You know, quickly got into the business by promising uh, very, very low cost uh, waste disposal for, oh. you know, so that it basically Graham would go to a company that was producing a bunch of asbestos or needed to get rid of a bunch of acetylene tanks and be like, we will take this waste from you and get rid of it for half of what everyone else will do. Um, and right. companies, of course, were like, 
Say no more. Yes, we love this. Um, I have a quote from one business owner who said, quote, in hindsight, yes, it was too cheap. <laughs> just Fuck me. This is just amazing, man. Um, I love how many disasters and horrible things in history are just caused by, like, companies trying to save money. Yes. Yeah. It's... They it would seem to me that they uh, probably purposefully, purposefully did not do any due diligence on this whatsoever to make yeah. sure this stuff was getting disposed of. And then correctly. Graham's just chucking it in a hole in Caniva. Yes. Um, and you, you could have easily figured this out, actually. Uh, one of the articles uh, points out, um, which is kind of their criticism of the EPA, is that like if you just graph the reported uh, amount of wastes every year from 2010 to like 2018 you see this notable decline uh, right when he purchases uh, this property which means suddenly uh, a huge amount of waste was like just removed from the system without being on the right. books somewhere um and so if you it were seems like they should have like a record of where all the waste goes well would you believe that the exchanges are uh, are often uh, here I'll, I'll read a quote here from the article because mm. it explains it better than i could quote Part of the vulnerability was that until very recently, industry players had the option of using paper-based certificates to record a transaction. They were oh not typically subjected to an in-depth audit by the EPA unless a specific problem was identified. As long as the transaction was completed, there was little verification about what happened to the material once it stopped moving in the system. So the EPA is mainly focused on, quote, ensuring hazardous materials get from safely from A to B. Uh, not necessarily that, you know, some guy is just picking it all up and chucking it in a hole, I guess. Yeah. So uh, they, I would argue that they maybe we uh, kind of dropped the ball on that one, but um, kudos to them. They seem to be have, you know, cleaned a lot of it up. Uh, yeah. I mean, kudos to Graham. It's a great business model, isn't it? Just being like, oh, for sure, I can do that for you cheap. Got the it's perfect wonderful idea. that you mentioned that. Isn't that just, so when you say it, ask like he surely he couldn't have done this alone. Uh, that's almost definitely the case is he had like people working with him or maybe in the industry were more complicit than they're letting on. Or uh, one of the articles references organized crime links and stuff. You know, it's, it's a, oh, okay. all sorts it of It could also have just been like stuff. low paid workers being told what to do, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. hundred um, percent. Yeah. The, the guy responsible seems to be this dude. At least that's who they're wow. throwing the book at. Um, but like, again, it could be perhaps a, uh, perhaps it's a pretty small book for the, I think the estimate given by, um, Julian Bull in the community meeting of how much this would all cost is in the 150 million range for cleanup. Right. Which um, I assume is like taxpayer money. Yep. That's, uh, mm. that's funny. After that, he says, you know, doesn't sound good to the taxpayer. Sorry for... <laughs> I'm What's that? I'm just trying to practice. Okay. He doesn't Bloody sound like that. it out to the taxpayer. Well, taxpayer. Is that right? Uh, he did. Yeah, he actually he has a, a tremendous Australian accent. Shout out to uh, Mr. Bull. I love his. It's just very soothing. Which is terrible for the tax payer, and we're certainly going to try and recoup any of those costs we can through the courts. Uh, he's he says something about uh, what the somebody asks in the questions at the end of the uh, town hall. And they ask, "What's the weirdest thing you found?" Which is an incredible question. God bless that resident for asking this. Yeah, great um, question. It, it was beyond all the ways. There was a dead dog wrapped in a mattress. Oh, that's not much. That's not very fun. In um, about about fifteen dollars cash. <laughs> oh, and uh, you, you're asking about his business model, White's business model. Well, it must have been pretty lucrative because you know this is tens of millions of dollars of like material, basically, in terms of the amount it costs to get rid of it. So he's basically skimming that much from the market, right? 
Um, and he used this to, quote, indulge a passion for American muscle cars, horror <laughs> memorabilia, and more relevantly, guns. I would pay to see this guy's horror memorabilia. I want to know, know what know. items he has, what films he's into. I know. I, I was so angry that that was not, none of that was in the, you know, I guess Journalists it's not the most don't ask thing. the most important questions sometimes. Uh, it's not even that you don't even know the, the last bit is uh, he actually had a false wall in his bathroom that contained an arsenal of illegal weaponry, including a machine gun. Oh, so. All right. I just, I wish he didn't do the dumping stuff because everything else is such cool guy shit that it's like, yeah. Like if he did a dude. different crime to pay for muscle cars and horror yes. memorabilia, I would be like, yes, yes. Hell yeah. yeah so, like, dude, like skateboard on, you know, public property or something. And yeah, or I don't know. So I'm assuming he was also just storing all of this very unsafely in the warehouse in Melbourne that set fire. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yes, and probably that's what the. Uh, I think there's a quote from him that the when he was being uh, interviewed by authorities or whatever, where he's like, "Yeah, most some of that is is almost definitely going to catch fire soon, just but because of the way that it's you know laid out, it's things are going to just spill into each other and react." Like, oh, dude, you put it there. Cool. I must you have put it there. missed this news. This must have been when I was in the U.S. This is, seems like a huge story. I don't know if this is a story everyone else already knows about, but it's nasty. I think the warehouse fires maybe got a more press than the than the dump. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, which is far more I'm horrifying. Sure. It's fucked. Um, something that made me especially kind of sad is I know this is not Julian's fault. Like this is the guy's cleaning it up. I get it, but it was there's something about at the front of the community town hall meeting where um, he he does a, a land acknowledgement to the uh, the Aboriginal owners of the land. Mm. Um, but to start with, um, EPA acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land and water which we live and work and depend. We pay our respect to our Aboriginal elders past, present and emerging. And it just made me profoundly sad to think about like, you know, he finishes that up and he's like, all right, let's go through the most hellish pollution and permanent perhaps damage to this land that uh, you could ever think of. Yeah. Uh, it fucking sucks. It's just... A fucking bummer. Just seems like a cruel irony to be like. I know. I, I'm sure it's a good thing. To, to yeah, up, we but... acknowledge your land. Yeah, sorry for not catching this guy dumping uh, acetylene tanks into it. Um, oh, but... Real, real downer. What do you think they will do with the land? It seems like you can't do a whole lot. Like, yeah. Surely it's going to have long-lasting consequences to the, the environment and the water eventually right yeah i really hope that they doesn't i don't know much about the hydrology but i hope that none of that gets into the groundwater a lot of the town hall residents were concerned like how long are you guys going to be monitoring the water even you know years and years yeah, i it'd have because, to be a long time like yeah. there's not a huge population out there but I'd... no no but it's one of those things where like if nobody keeps up with it i'm worried it'll just kind of fall by the wayside or something because if it's a small town and, and they you know it takes 10 years for some source of the mist or something to yeah, leak and then the you got a Ugh. baby with three eyes or something exactly you got the simpsons fish got the simpsons fish everywhere in Canova. you know it's interesting that the the wildlife is like right next to this um there's a quote from julian here that says quote the wildlife here is amazing endangered cockatoos deer echidnas lizards snakes black wallabies and emus have all been seen while they were cleaning up i think he means um, he also says, there's actually a lemon tree still growing here after all of this, but I probably wouldn't eat them. I was going to say, probably, <laughs> probably leave that one. 
Um, I think a minister has to decide what actually happens to the land, um, okay. which I'm, I gather a minister is kind of like a Harry Potter-like uh, wizard for you guys, like a law wizard for you. Yeah, this is the wizard of law, totally. Okay. Yeah. Um, and some traditional landowners have actually shown interest as well in just, you know, getting the land and uh, kind of keeping it wild, I believe, or, you know, as wild as you can be, because you yeah. can't have any, like, uh, I think they call them intrusive in industries, like, I, you can't. I don't think you can build a farm there, obviously. Yeah, you um, couldn't. So ironically, the, the best uh, or the, the most likely future use might just be as like a conservation area. Um, as for effects in the biome, uh, on site, probably things are just killed instantly if they walk into that ship. I don't know. I would assume uh, so. It's, it's nasty. Yeah, as you get closer, it's like acutely very toxic, obviously. But, um, you know, there's going to be edge effects, though, like... Uh, they cite tunneling mice as potential mixers of the chemicals, like through the soil layers, basically. Oh no! Which makes me sad to think of these poor little mice. Like, why does my tunnel smell so bad? You know. Yeah, why does my tunnel stink? It might be a pleasant sort of lemon spring smell. It's crazy. They called it lemon springs. I know that's like a code name for the project. But that sounds like a toilet cleaner. It kind of sounds nice, to be honest. I know that acetone. I think smells good, but none of the other things I think smell very good probably not great huh uh yeah but uh yeah so that's pretty much the whole story and i'm sorry there's not really like a fun resolution there it's mostly the uh just like a shitty sucks. guy trying to get money very shitty thing to do although there's all kinds of stuff i don't know you probably heard about um our soft plastics recycling drama Oh, no. Did you hear about that? I, so we, we had like we a, might have had something like this too. You might have probably. We had Red Cycle, which is like soft plastics recycling that was like paired with our major supermarkets. And the idea that was you took your soft plastics back to the store to get recycled because you can't put them in your regular recycling. And okay. then it turned out this would have been I don't know a year and a half ago, two years ago, that the company that was doing it didn't have any more outlets to recycle it, so they were just storing. It huh. all in a warehouse, oh. really unsafely, just absolutely packing a warehouse with soft, oh. flammable, like oh. soft plastics that posed a severe safety hazard. Oh no! And like they just didn't say anything. It's like you just to keep on getting paid for the soft plastics oh. recycling, and just like oh, we'll deal with it. We'll figure it out later. That's funny because I think that's why uh, White ended up putting all of these this stuff here because he had like a wa an actual waste disposal thing with Bradley Services, but. The rate at which he was taking the chemicals in, they couldn't actually do shit with them. Right, because he's overpromised on. Yes, exactly, and the overflow went to Melbourne warehouses and uh, under the ground near Kniva. I feel like someone in charge of disposing of toxic waste shouldn't just be allowed to be some guy, like some guy that owns a business. You think? <laughs> like you should have to have some kind of like a, I don't know, a badge. Some kind like of, a... <laughs> you know, expertise, accountability, expertise. something like that. Yeah. Conscience, Chem maybe. Chemistry degree, like anything. Chemistry degree, public <laughs> ecology awareness, you know. Yeah, one would think uh, that would be kind of first, maybe the first thing as a government you would do is like make yeah. sure that people aren't drinking poison. But Or have a know, reporting system in, if you're a yes. toxic waste disposal guy. Like maybe you just got to put it in the computer system, like the Excel spreadsheet. What do you mean? We got these little index cards that says I gave you waste or whatever and you took it away. And now it's gone. You know, think about it. Yeah. Yeah, shit sucks, man. Our plastic drama was because I think uh, we realized, or it was came out that a lot of the plastics we put in recycling don't actually get recycled at all. 
It just ends up in a fucking landfill. Um, that's not true for all of them, I think. Oh, right. Like I feel like that's... Some great proportion were just ending up in a landfill anyways. I feel like that's true of everywhere, right? Yes, I think so. I don't know if I'm being cynical there, but I think a lot of no, recycling was doesn't actually a. get recycled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is why I melt it all down uh, to form various structures in my backyard. Safety structures, bunkers. Bury it all in a pit, <laughs> maybe surrounded by some asbestos or acetone. Just break uh, it down with acetone. That's what it's for. If you want to keep people out, sprinkle the syringes around the outside. So it's kind of like a barbed wire situation. Yeah. Just the tissue sample. Like, what the fuck? No, if you're going to give this guy, no offense to this guy. Like, well, I guess offense to this guy. Fuck this guy. I'm too nice. Uh, you're just going to, you're the medical waste guy and you're going to entrust it to this guy. Yeah. Like clearly a, a blood sample facility has what? got a contract with this guy. Like he's got blood sample. He's got medical waste. Yeah. Um, you... What the fuck, man? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that one. And I mean, which makes me think that maybe, I don't, I'm talking on my ass here, but maybe these companies were more aware of this than maybe they let on. <laughs> like, maybe, probably. Or at least had suspicions, perhaps. Um, ironically, guess who also helps clean up a gigantic corporation hired by the government in the cleanup process? Uh, so it's contractor, private contractors probably. all the way down. It's just, yeah. yeah, I love that. I love private contractors all yeah. the way down. <laughs> It's to their credit, apparently they're doing all right, at least by the town hall's standard, you know, what they're saying in the town hall seems reasonable. Uh, but who fucking knows, man? I don't know. Jesus. Yeah, it's always a bummer when uh, it's just a bunch of industry players uh, acting in their own interests and, uh, and a guy that has a dog and a mattress buried in his apartment. In his, That's uh, right. Space. But then there's savings all the way down. There's profit all the way down to the... Well, the it does trickle down to dog us Dog mattress. Well, which is important. Yep. Yeah, the dog, the rain hits the dog mattress, seeps into the soil, goes into the aquifer, trickles down into our delicious uh, water supply. Yummy microplastics. Um, yeah, but uh, you know what? Mm. Silver lining. Um, yeah. I was hoping, honestly, I was hoping you had one. Um, yeah, I don't think there is one here. Do you think somebody gets that horror memorabilia? That's true. Else. Someone might be getting a bargain on the horror memorabilia if he needs like legal funds, you know? Yeah, maybe that's getting maybe Graham to a point selling show. something good. Maybe he's selling a Jason mask or something. <laughs> is that what I think I'd want the what is a what is like a horror you'd get like the Freddy Krueger glove? Get like a e evil dead shotgun or something. I, I feel okay, like his cool. his aren't gonna be cool. I feel like he's he's going basic. He's going. You think he's doing he's like got Jason Freddy, Mask. Jason, Michael Myers. Yeah. I love. Oh, I love the Halloween films. Yeah, this guy loves the Halloween films. Or, I'm sorry. Sure oh, I that. love the Chucky films. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the Leprechaun suit from Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? You know the ones, the horror movies. I know the ones. The, the Exorcist. Um, just I don't think he's. Movies. I don't think he's got anything as cool as The Exorcist. He's got like the, the vomit from the exorcist. You know what I think he has? I think he has a mm. lot of pieces of props from the Saw films. <laughs> <laughs> I think this guy is a huge Saw head. He's a big Saw head. He's a big jig jigsaw. Yeah, he's seen uh, he's seen all he's seen all the spinoffs. He's even watching the, the new even ones. Spiral from the Book of Saw. What's that? <laughs> Dude, I'm sorry for it. Now you have to know this too. Uh, there's, there's a spiral. There's a movie called Spiral. 
it's not the newest Saw movie, which is Saw X, which is bad. Right. Uh, but it's better. It's actually better than the other Saw movies, I think. Um, but Spiral is dog shit. Chris Rock is in it. Chris it's from the Rock. Book, it's from the Book of Saw. Which I don't know. There's no book in Saw, but that's what the subtitle is. From what the, the book, book of Saw. Saw. It's really fucking bad. Jim, uh, directed Samuel by it's a uh, different director. Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, this looks rough. Thirty-seven percent of Rotten bad. Tomatoes. Cool. Well, there's silver lining. Placed in a acetylene cylinder next to your bed or whatever. Yeah. You must eat this dog in a mattress. That's nice. That's, is that your Jackson impression? Uh, yes. Uh, can I say one nice thing about the Saw X movie? Hmm. Uh, this might be kind of mild spoilers, but you shouldn't see it anyway, so fuck it. I wasn't going to, to be honest. Don't. Just don't see it. Um, the best part of the movie is that John John Saw, is that his name? I, would, I don't know. <laughs> John John Saw is, uh, Tobin Bell is like depressed and stuff after all of his Saw stuff. He's like thinking about his dead wife. Okay. Um, and he's like pensively walking through the park and stuff. He's like on a park bench looking at the birds and sketching in his little notepad. And it cuts to what he's sketching and it's like, a horrible fucked up contraption that like is ripping a guy in half. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, and he's like smiles a little bit. And then it's like the rest of it's just like a saw movie. It's just dog shit. It's so but good that they made that one kind of funny. amazing innovative horror film and then they just made like thirty more. Yep. It's because Carrie Elvis was only in the first one and not the other one. That's right. That's true. Is he kind of, oh actually he was in an, I think he's appeared in another one. He's in probably series. appeared in one in one of the sequels. Because he cuts off his leg. Check out Saw One. I don't. I don't know. It was actually the guy on the floor. Oh. It was actually me. I'm actually him. <laughs> Lucy, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. That's uh, that's really depressing. Thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I again, I, I should say that the, you know the true victims of uh, this are the people that have to live around this. Um, mm -hmm. and I hope Clean it get, up. I hope they get some of the money or all of the money or a shitload of money from you this. You would hope so, yeah. Uh, I, they asked during the town hall and it's kind of unclear because um, I think that's going to end up on the courts as well. It's not exactly the EPA's call, I don't think. Mm. Uh, but yeah, um, make sure that people aren't doing this in your, near your towns, I would say. Hold your lawmakers and regulatory agencies responsible and yeah. accountable. Hold and them accountable. Like, hey, no sludge in our backyard. You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. All right. Lucy, thank you so much. Um, where can you. people find you on the internet? They can find me on the Bunta Vista podcast. That's B-O-O-N-T-A Vista. Beautiful. That's excellent. Mm. Um, Thanks. You can find me on this podcast as well. Uh, yeah. We'll see you later. Everyone have a happy holidays and uh, a beautiful new year. Yeah. Happy holidays. Sludgefest is produced by me, Jesse Black, and Shannon Rawlings. Intro and outro music by Chatpile. Ambient music by California Deathworm. See the links in the show notes for their websites and all the sources used in this episode. You can support the show at patreon.com sludgefest. Thank you so much. Happy holidays. I love you. <laughs>